leaders who know like know what they're going to do they, they're committing right we're going to work on the culture the cohesiveness we're not only going to get it to normalized we're going to get it to what i call like 2.0 we're going to go all the way through and share our most like things we don't want to tell people what we're not good at but we need to right and what we're going to do about it and people don't want to do that so they try and avoid it you can't avoid it in metronomics and it's not all once in your face it's like step by step little turns of the dial we get better together right hello and welcome to the melting pot i'm your host dominic monkhouse the melting pot is a result of my hunger and curiosity for optimizing business performance exploring corporate culture customer addiction and building high performing teams it's full of advice from my guests entrepreneurs fellow business authors and examples from some of my work over the last few years coaching the ceos and leadership teams of some amazingly successful tech firms the melting pot is my attempt to synthesize what i've learned along the way to help you build a highly scalable business and realize the potential of your life's work if you enjoyed the episode, head over to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast to find today's show notes and more editions of The Melting Pot. While you're there, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can pick up a copy of my new book, Plan B, How to Scale Your Technology Business Faster and Achieve Plan A. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to The Melting Pot. I'm your host, Dominic Monkhouse. Today, we are learning from Shannon Susco. I'm chatting to Shannon, the author of Metronomics, about this new book that she's put out. So in the past, she's written The Metronome Effect and she's written Three Hag Way, which has introduced rhythm and strategy tools to companies looking for a system to grow their business. And now, after several years of running Three Hag through her own coaching clients and with feedback from other coaches like like me and, and colleagues around the world, she's done the sort of definitive how-to guide to take your CEO and leadership team on a journey. It's very prescriptive. So I don't know, think about it as, uh, you know, you'd like to run a marathon and here's the time you'd like to do it in. And that's, you get it, what you get then is you get a very prescriptive you know, on Monday, it's a long run. On Wednesday, it's an easy run. On Friday, it's some drill, speed drills. And on Saturday, it's this. And Sunday, it's like that. It's sort of, I don't know, maybe it's more like couch to 10K. Depends where you are. This The book will meet you wherever you are. Um, but it takes you on a journey. Where do you want to go? What's the what's the goal? And when Shannon and I are chatting, we're talking about maybe the, what's the thing that people don't want to do? And her experience is that, she was talking about running a session for Ace Tech in British Columbia a few years ago. And she said there was a session which is really about purpose and core values. It's the cultural foundation. And she said, but if she called it that, nobody would come. And her experience is CEOs often or business leaders often say, no, our culture's fine. It's fine. We don't need to do that. And in fact, it's not fine. Their, their perception of where they are and where great is, there's a, there's a perception gap. So we chat a bit about that. And the other tool that she talks about in great detail in Metronomics is the key function flow map. And so here, what you do is you map out your quote to cash process and you map out the functions and the widgets that 
flow through your business, the widgets that flow through the functions to generate cash for your business, and then what the supporting functions are underneath and how they all interconnect and what flows. And we make the observation that you put two executives in a room in the same business and they'll draw different key function flow maps. So we chat a bit about that. Some great book recommendations as ever from Shannon at the end. Great conversation. Always love chatting to Shannon. Always great value. And if you would like a copy of Metronomics, then send us an email, dominic at monkhouseandcompany.com and tell us whether you want the physical book or whether you want it on Audible or whether you want it on Kindle and we'll send you a copy and then let us know what you think. Anyway, on to my conversation with Shannon Susco. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hi, I'm Shannon Susco. I am the founder of Metronome United. I am a CEO plus leadership team coach and a serial entrepreneur. I'm located in Whistler, British Columbia and work with companies and coaches all over the world. And why did you end up working with coaches? Was that in the plan? Absolutely not, but they're really fun to work with. <laughs> coaches um, really, when coaches uh, approached me once Three Hagway was written, they were, you know, intrigued and wanted to get really good at the strategy system that's presented in Three Hagway and really talked me into it, but in a good way. It totally served my core purpose uh, of exponentially being able to reach uh, leaders and CEOs who were desperate to grow their company. So it fit really well. It was just another way to do, you know, way more than I could do on my own. Rich Manders, we all blame you. It is Rich Manders. <laughs> <laughs> it is all his fault. <laughs> yeah. So you first book was Metronome. Yeah. Metronome Effect. Yeah. Then Three Hagway and now Metronomics. Yes. Just out in hardback and audio. Mm-hmm. Yes, this month. It's been well received. And so why did you need to write another book? I know. And, you know, I know is there a, are you start, have you started work on a fourth book already? No, 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 no. I think that's the book. And now it's recorded. But I think that's the book I should have written first, but I couldn't. Uh, there's no way I could have written that, you know, when Metronome Effect came out. But that book was written for a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, working with the coaches that I've been working with for many years on Three Hagway, it became pretty obvious by the questions that, you know, we got pretty regularly on why do you do that? Why, why are you doing it now? When do you do this? And there was lots of like, how do you do that? And, you know, I figured Three Hagway was good enough. It, it's the core of it all. It's the thing that connects everything in metronomics. I figured if we just could explain three Hagway, everyone would be good. But I continuously got questions. And so I was like, I took, I had to take a really deep breath to actually say out loud, I'm going to write down the whole system because it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is write this down and put it to the timing and to the experience that we've had. It was, it was, yeah, huge. And so for those people who are listening to you thinking, what are they talking about? Yeah. What is the system and what is it for? So metronomics is a system for companies, any company, two or more people, and it will enable the organization and the team. It's all about the team. That's the one common thing between every 
organization is people it will enable the organization to actually save time grow value and those two things usually don't go together when we're growing a business and you know enable you to balance your team your business and your life with one system it's like the backbone of the organization and it's there anyway it's just a matter of whether you want to recognize that you know the the systems the compound growth system whether you want to turn it on or not and the the thing that i look for as a you know if you're listening in the, the thing that i look for as a ceo and a leader and i'm sure you did too was i was trying to figure out could i find a repeatable system that we could put in place that we could just forget about because it was ingrained in who we were and what we did so we could get on with growing our business and reaching the goals we wanted and it aligns up with the top thought leaders tools you can plug them all in but all the top leaders tools that we learned were the what which i love you know is great but this system will map out the how which is when and when and how you should do things to actually ensure that your team and business stay in balance and of course your life too comes out the back so you've become quite prescriptive yes yeah and the funny thing is is that you had to write it down in some way and funny enough three hag is quite prescriptive and both publishers gave me the same feedback do you really need to write all that down again in a step-by-step -step? and i said yes because people are going to pop in and look at this like the, the they may read it they may not they may use it as a reference for where they might be but the prescription is, uh, you know, and the story that's told in metronomics is for here's what, here's what most of the time happens if you follow the prescription. And the funny thing is you say prescription and we, we look at this as like a healthy organization regimen, like a health regimen. And if you just keep, you know, doing the regimen, right. And following along, you're going to progress. Right? So I always say it's practical, meaning you can use a system while you grow the company. It's prescriptive, meaning there's no guessing. Like the connections are all there. You can go look at what you should or shouldn't do next. And it's progressive, meaning that when you start out, you're not going to be at the same progression as maybe a team that's been together doing this for maybe three or four years, but it's going to meet you where you are. Right. So it's going to say, like, here are the things that you that, you know, where your team is right now. Maybe you're really good at strategy and execution and you're not as balanced or as good at yet with your cultural system and your cohesive system. And it will allow you the time to sort of pull on the levers to actually level it up. And the one thing we learned, and I think it's, you know, you asked me what, what's the thing you learned from last time to this time. And, but the biggest thing I learned in writing the book and pulling all the data together over 20 years is that there is a critical path to a high performing team. And everyone's probably going, oh, well, that's obvious. Of course there is. But in business, we don't like, I, I couldn't find any data or anywhere this was written down on how to get a high performing business team to win their business Olympics. And so there's a critical path through it. And so all teams will find themselves on the path, right? And the prescription is once you find yourself on the path, it's not a guess of what you do next. It's actually science-based, human-based on what you do next in order to get the results that you hope for. If you want to, and if you're prepared to put the work in, I mean, 
quite often I, I'll ask CEOs if they play golf and if they're any better now than they were 10 years ago. And they just laugh and say, no. And I say, yeah. why do you think that is? And they say, I don't practice. Yeah. I don't have a plan. And you, and then you, so you think, and so with your business then, are you, do you practice anything or particularly with sales teams, you know, they hate doing role play. Yeah. Yes, I know, but, but it makes you yeah. better at it if you practice. And so that, you know, it feels like that's what you've done. Here's a how-to book. Yeah, it's a how-to book. I always say it's the how because I read all about the what and had to like take all that what as, as we all have as leaders and then put it into play. And we'd, you know, practice in one specific skill set when we found a what that we liked and we did it once, right? And then we were like, oh yeah, that was good. I did that a year ago. So how'd that go? Well, it's not so good now. Why? Because they didn't keep practicing it, right? They didn't keep doing it. And so it's overwhelming as business leaders to think about all the different things we have to do. You know, we need a strong culture. We need a cohesive team. We need clarity of what we do. We need a differentiated strategy. We need a really kick-ass execution. We need cash, you know, a cash plan. Like I know as a CEO, I was like, holy cow, this is whack-a-mole. This is whack-a-mole. And I'm running around doing that. Well, and only half those things are within your sort of, you know, if you're the sales end of the house, then, you know, revenue growth, that's something you can be attracted to, maybe innovation, maybe strategy, but the execution piece, I mean, that's not even something your brain's wired for. And so this forces you to say, here's the, wherever you are, if you're on the execution side of the house, here's how to do strategy. And if you're on the revenue growth side of the house, here's how to do execution. Yeah. Play playbook. And I and I think the biggest thing, I love that you just said that because I was talking to someone, a CEO who read the book, reached out to me, and I had a discussion with them. And you know, I think they just called to say, it's so obvious. And I said, What? They said, I just finished reading Metronomics. I was like, Great, thank you. And they're like, it's just so obvious. Every team, including a business team, needs a playbook. That's part of the prescription, the regimen, the progression, a playbook. They need, uh, you know, an open scoreboard, right? And, he, you know, and he had read the book, so he knows the word playing field, right? That, uh, that team accountability playing field. And then he actually goes, a coach. He goes, I grew up playing sports. There wasn't a team I played on that didn't have that, that did well. There's teams I played on that didn't do well. And they had just, uh, they're, they're on their way. You know, they just took on a lot of investment. And he goes, it would be ridiculous if I actually, after reading this book, go forward and not look at metronomics because it is a system, right? There's a compound growth system that's the backbone of your organization and what you do every day. There's the playing field, which is how you see each other on the business field playing together every day, right? And we use metronome software. There's other platforms out there. And then, you know, my belief is in a coach and it's not because I'm a coach, it's because I was coached, right? I I didn't grow up the companies and have the success of my companies without a coach. Now my coaches actually didn't have the system that we have today. And we, we actually, my, my, the coach that actually came on board to say, let's find the system and work with our, our leadership team was really fabulous and flexible enough. They knew we needed it. And we all came from an athletic background. So like, of course we always have a playbook. 
and it meets you where you are. When you were talking about that, I was just thinking back to my time in Limington where in my 40s, we started a new rugby club in the town. And and this guy one day, we were training, and this guy wandered up and said, um, so I've been watching you out of my bedroom window as you're running around in the park. Uh, would you like a coach? <laughs> Somebody said, why? Who are you? This is a bit weird. What are you watching us out your bedroom window for? And he said, and they said, are you any good? And he said, well, four or five of the people who play rugby for England came through my <laughs> academy. You're hired. In fact, you can be president for life. <laughs> was the next thing that happened. And so yeah. then we, so I got, I got the best rugby coaching of my life at the absolutely the last few years of my career from a guy who just happened to be at Overlook in the park and thought he'd come and join in. And it was sensational because he's getting coaching at absolutely the high, highest level in the UK for this yes. pub team in the park in Limington. It was just sensational. And the quality of the players wasn't any better, yes. but we beat people we should never have beaten because we had a plan. And the thing is not only that, but the plan was so ingrained in you when you were tired in the last 10 minutes, somebody would call a play and it would happen and everyone just knew what to do. So it's just, it's just that being able to tell everybody what people are going to do and where they're going to be. I mean, it's like the in the UK, the RAF display team is the Red Arrows. Yeah, They've got a whole series of plays, which is a display, and they're doing it a couple of hundred miles an hour. They don't look to see where anybody is. They just turn the plane at the point when they're supposed to turn the plane, right. and they trust that the guy that's yes. next to them is already not in the way, right? So, yeah. like, it's that. It's that. You know, I pass this to you. I'm not passing it to you. I'm passing it into space, and you're going to hit the ball at pace because that's where you're supposed to be. And if you're not, I'm going to be rightfully pissed off. And so that whole, you know, learn to fight without killing each other stuff as well is all sort of team. And I really think like what you just described when that coach came to work with your pub team, right? Like I, I call it beer league hockey, same idea, right? Yeah. Um, but what, what happened there, and it happens with every team. I can think of teams I played that had, the coaches had amazing playbooks and we were the least likely team to be winning, right? But it was the coach bringing the process in, the willingness and desire of the team members to actually do it. But like, there's a build to this, right? And the, the first build is you get the foundation in, you understand the process and the system and, and you're thinking a lot and it feels a bit weird, but everyone's doing it. You're committed. And so you do it and you build that foundation. And the two things that get us to the next step is one is we have, we've built enough cohesiveness with the team that we trust team trust right? We're going to have the healthy conflict and all those things, right? We fired up a few other things, but we also are executing well together. So when I pass the ball over to, you know, the empty space and in business, we pass it off. We know where we pass it to has it. They know what to do. And we have the trust and clarity of that. And then once we get to that, what I call normalized cohesiveness and execution working, right? That's the first, you know, I always say first four quarters, it can be longer or shorter. Then we, we actually can move to the next one which is creating the momentum. That's where we really get going as a team, whether it's beer league hockey, <laughs> your team or others, we actually start to really get it and collaborate on the strategy. And we're, we're actually thinking more. We, the system's already in play, how we execute every day on the field, right? It gets better, we get more confidence. And then, I mean, and we've seen this, I've seen this in many sports teams I've played on. Then we get 
through that piece and we have a good strategy, the teams actually come up. Now we're, we're balanced again at that level and we've got speed going for us and all the other teams don't know what's going on. And then to go to the next level, it's really about the players, right? The, the team members in business willing to actually evolve their behavior, grow themselves and grow the other players on the team. And once we have that, that coach cascade, that's, that's the best thing that my coach who, you know, was my CEO coach in the beginning was just coaching me. And I said, can you come and coach me and my leaders together? And then what they gave us was the coach cascade system. They coached us, you know, we gave it to the leaders, the leaders took it out and so on. And that's where we create the compounding effect of this. And the memories, like you're thinking like, wow, I got that best experience of the very like maybe end of your career, you're probably still playing, but why didn't you get at the beginning, right? Where was that playbook? Oh, that that would have been fantastic to have got it when, you know, I could still run. Yeah. But you know, what's funny about that? Yeah. And I know you, you coach clients as well. It doesn't matter if you're a mature company, meaning you've been around for decades. I would coach companies that are 75 years old, 67 years old, 32 years old, and I coach companies that are one year old. It doesn't matter. You know, and, and I know, funny enough, the companies that are more mature and maybe the leaders have been in there longer, you know, they're the ones going, shit, I wish I, what was I doing for the last 30 years? We've got a client and the, most of the leadership team, I think, have been there for 12 years. There's a, there's a guy on the team, Len, who's been there nearly two, and they still refer to Len as the new guy. And then there are other companies who haven't been in existence for two years. Yeah. But, you know, it really doesn't matter where the team is. There's something that gets their attention that they need to do something different. It's either an outcome they want and that it just, you know, is it's way out there. They still can't get it. And they've been trying to. It's their fierce commitment to like, we want to knock this out of the park. You know, in three years time, we're going to be this. And it's the commitment to this, you know, program, right? All three things, right? And the the most foundational thing is is the human beings involved. If they're not committed and willing, then it won't work. Well, you know, look, I mean, it must probably be the same for most of the sports teams. You've, you know, we turn up on a Tuesday night in the rain, yeah. run around for two hours, turn up on a Thursday night, run around, yeah. turn up on a Saturday, and if we won, it didn't matter. Nobody noticed, only us. Yeah. Right. It wasn't yes. like we weren't play. We weren't on TV. There was no money involved. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you turn up on a Tuesday in the rain? Well, because there's a team, and you've got a commitment to a team, and you said you'd do it, so you will, and people trust that you're there, and so yeah, you've got a team, and it's you know it's that. Yeah. And I think that the one thing which is so relative to sport and it maybe hit me over the head in the last little while, not that I knew it wasn't there, but it really got clear is, you know, that goal, that team goal that we lay out in sport, whether it's it doesn't matter what it is, like could be the Olympics, could be that big. It could be like the beer league championship doesn't matter. You set it out, but you commit with your team to like, you know, to win it. And there's measures to win it. And we all own and relate to the overall team score. And the thing that really unlocked this is 
you know, lots of organizations have a great plan, they're executing their business, and they have a team and they're doing things over here for the team. But the thing that became really clear that actually unlocked it for us out of pure desperation was the three year highly achievable goal. Because we didn't only do fiscal, like all the fiscal levers and how many dollars we we're going to knock out, but we actually put the things that people control into our three-year goal, which are the widgets. Those are the things that flow through the organization that people control. Same as on the field, on the pitch, on the ice, you control the things that flow through the team and uh, how many times the puck, ball, whatever scores. And that connection is the key. That it's a, like the humans involved in uh, on the field or on the business team, control the things that flow through. And if we can connect to that, it's actually how you win over and over. And it's why gutting out a three hag in the first day, right? Like writing down where you're gonna be three years from now is so powerful because humans don't wanna be wrong. And they just like, they're so careful in writing it down. I know you've done it before and they're like, oh, oh, like I'm going to write that down. But as soon as they walk out, they're losing sleep over what they wrote down and they're going to figure out a way. No different than a sport team, business team saying. I think it's really interesting. There was a piece of research I read. I don't know if you've, you've seen it about what people, how much you have to pay people to give you back a lottery ticket. Have you seen that? Yeah. So yeah. you give people a lottery ticket, which might be worth a pound. <laughs> Or you get them to pick their own numbers. Yes. And because they've picked their own numbers, yes. they found you had to pay five pounds for them to relinquish their lottery ticket. And it's just that yes. whole people haven't sat as a team, in my experience, never sat as a leadership team and said, where do we think we're going to be? The CEO might have said where he thinks they're going to be, but not everybody's, not everybody's had the equal chance. You know, the head of HR hasn't had the chance to say where she thinks or where he thinks the company will be. And then nobody's ever turned up without an Excel spreadsheet. So they always think they have a business plan. Yeah. And what they mean is we have an Excel spreadsheet with Excel madness in it. Right. And then you say, and then you say to them, so what is that? What's in there? What are the yeah. things? What are the widgets? Like, let's turn this business plan actually into a business model. And people go, oh, I see. Right. So yes. we don't actually need, fi we don't need finance to tell us day 15 no. of the following month, whether we, whether we scored or not. We can actually just count this stuff. Yeah, ourselves and get really excited about it. Forecast, yeah. celebrate, or if we're going to miss it, do something about it before someone tells us a month later, oh, you, you lost. Oh, we did? Shit, it felt so good, right? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. And, and so that's the connection, you know, the, the thing that, you know, I had a really tough time in the first four years, five years of our, our business. And when you get to monthly board meetings, that's not a good thing, right? You're at monthly board meetings with your investors and they're like, why aren't you delivering? And so we left that one and that's where the three had got born. We're like, you know, screw it. We're writing down exactly what we're going to do. Like down to the last thing. I mean, my team was like willing, a bit uncomfortable. And I said, let's do it together. And then we have to map out 12 quarters and we're going to deliver it to them until, you know, they have confidence in our execution. until we have confidence in ourselves, right? Cause it sort of beats you down. And we know lots of teams who are beat down after missing their forecast year after year, quarter after quarter. Or they're playing soccer like seven-year-olds. 
Yeah. Right. So, so the striker comes off and he says, I've scored two goals, ma'am. I had a great day. And it's like, yeah, but the yeah. team got beaten 4-2. Like you yes. can't win if the team don't win, you know, and those silos where people are sitting yes. in the executive team going, yes. I'm doing my job. It's just all you losers. Yeah. Uh, we're really good. High five in our department, but yeah, we're losing, you know? Oh, well. Oh, well. And the other thing with soccer that we always say is like, you know, when you play like U5, even U7 soccer, everyone chases the ball around, right? We're all chasing the ball around. And like this allows us to go, we don't need to chase the ball around. So if we got the ball, we trust they have the ball. We have a plan. There's clarity of what they're supposed to do with it. We know what we're supposed to do with it. And we're going to ask them if they need help or they're going to ask for help. Yes, right? That's that's what we want to create. And we know as we grow up playing sports, and not every leader of an organization has grown up playing sports, but you know, the other there's many other team things we're exposed to as kids that actually play out, you know, very humanly. And and we for some reason get into, and I did it, I got into building my first business. And like I had to take a step back after three years of like just not doing things well or right you know, really for our team and go, what are we doing? And if I had just looked back to the experience of some of the best teams I've played on at a playbook, we had an open score, right? And we had a really great coach who understood how to get the best out of us. No matter, it wasn't any MVPs. We were all a team that were going to play together for one goal. I did, uh, I did a two-day kickoff with a new client this week. And at the end of it, one of the founders said, I said, how have you found today? And he said, I've hated all, I've hated both two days because you've made me look at, like, I just yes. think, I just think, where could we have been? We've been in business for 10 years and we've got to here, <laughs> but I just, just think, I can't think about it anymore. I, let's just think about what we're going to be doing in the next, the next quarter. I listened to a book by a guy called Alan Weiss that you recommended in the weekly, you know, the yeah, million dollar, yeah. billion dollar coach thing. I did. And so I was listening to one of his books in Spain and, and I thought one of his quotes was brilliant. He said, I'm constantly amazed how stupid I was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you can't, you can't look back and no. like, you know, you are where you are and circumstances have got you here and, you know, you, you can't go, what if, wish I'd known this then. It's just, yeah. I know it now. Let's let's change it. Yeah, let's change it. Let's evolve. Let's move on. And uh, I think of the early days. I think of my first company. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful actually for that experience, because it forced us to find what we now know as metronomics, compound growth system. You know, we we wanted an open playing field. We created one back then. The one we have now is like so much easier to use, and everyone's in. And then the coach, I would have loved to have a coach at that time that knew the system, right? It would have saved us so much time, so much time. And that's what it's about. Time is our scarcest resource. Why are we willing to take a really long time to do it? And whatever you did in the past, whatever. Now, everything we learn every day, we have to look forward. And that's the human side of this, right? Look forward. Is there, a, is there a bit of the of the system that you think people find harder? Yes. The hardest part of the system that, and you'll laugh at this. So when I originally, you know, I retired, you know, took on a couple of coaching clients, I decided to give back to a group out of Vancouver called Ace Tech, very similar to a YPO group or an EO group. And I decided like, 
all CEOs, leaders, um, I'm going to do a growth strategy program. So I put the growth strategy program in place and it falls very much along. I mean, it's the same program as metronomics. It's well, I didn't name it metronomics, called it growth strategy program. And so there, there was 10 months, people like bought in, they came for the 10 months and we did the sessions. And, and one of the sessions is on your cultural foundation, right? Which is your core purpose and all the uh, soft stuff and cohesiveness and the human system. And so we were naming that session and I said, I've talked enough to CEOs at this point. If we name it what it is, nobody's going to come to that session. No one's going to come. Like the CEOs aren't going to come and talk about culture and cohesiveness and, you know, the clarity that, that you know, around the human system and all that. They're just not. And the executive director of that program said, really? I said, they're not. So she goes, what do you want to call it? I said, we're going to call it Foundation for Growth. She's like, okay, so like, that's what we called it, right? Of all the sessions, like all, there's 10 sessions. Like we just went every month, we went through this. Of the 10 sessions, the highest rated session. And it's the one thing that like most leaders, we see it over and over and over again. We take on companies all the time. They're really good over here. They have, you know, some sort of strategy they're executing in some way. They've gotten so far. They've had some good growth. Sometimes they've been flattened, but you know, and they have some kind of sustainability around their cash system. Can we make it better? Can we make it great? Of course. But nobody has spent, and they don't want to spend stuff on the soft, squishy things that actually get us the biggest momentum we could possibly can. And so I find, you know, the the leaders who know like know what they're going to do they, they're committing right we're going to work on the culture the cohesiveness we're not only going to get it to normalized we're going to get it to what i call like 2.0 we're going to go all the way through and share our most like things we don't want to tell people what we're not good at but we need to right and what we're going to do about it and people don't want to do that so they try and avoid it you can't avoid it in metronomics and it's not all once in your face it's like step by step, little turns of the dial, we get better together, right? And so they don't even know they're doing it. <laughs> That's what I love. They don't even know they're doing it. My clients reading the book now, and they've all read the book. They're like, oh, like so many ahas, because they had no idea they were doing it. And they're pretty proud that they did it, but they had no idea. Little steps. I do love it when you get a client sitting in a room and you say, why does this company exist? Yeah. And they just look at you somewhat bewildered. Yeah. And they go, well, because I, I needed a job or I needed some money or, you know. I, no I, one would you know, hire me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got fired or something. And then it's like, yeah. okay, well, that was then. What about now? Like, what about yeah. the future? And and then you then they come up with something which is absolutely compelling. And you go, yeah, fantastic. You know, one, yes. of, our, one of our clients that aren't in tech or in schools have got – to be world famous for innovation in education as their purpose. Right. And right. they left, changed the way they ran the business. They said it out loud and started to behave as if it was true. Right. And it, and it became true within weeks. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, instead of getting 30 teachers apply for jobs, they got 300. Yes. And they ended up with a global newsletter on the back of the COVID pandemic. And so they ended up being world famous in a much shorter time. Yeah, they wrote it down. they had thought it would, yeah. 
and because as you say, once people have written it down and said it out loud, they behave consistently with the thing that they've now written yeah. down. Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny, like those, the systems, and we think of this in a house, those systems actually are the strongest part of the whole thing, right? They're the walls and the foundation, culture, cohesion. And lots of people are like, I don't want to talk about that. Human system is probably the worst name of that system ever, but it's, you know, how you're attract, coach, keep and grow a players. But without those, everything falls apart. And, and everyone can go back and relate to teams that are either currently on like that or teams that they've been on before, that that is the thing. And so I find, and, and you know, I was, I've been telling, uh, I've had lots of clients now read the book and I did a lot of quarterly sessions this month. And like, I'm explaining the agenda and someone goes, well, in the book you have, um, in the book, you have the functional org chart that we adapted from Rock Habits. You know, there's only two columns, not the five. I go, yeah. And they say, you know, you have the KFFM. But in the agenda, in the agenda that we've been following, you've never, like, that's never been in there. And they go, why is that? It's so important. It's like the foundation of everything, right? So they've really read the book. And I'm like, that's correct. And I said, well, the reason is, is that, and that's why I would say the soft side of it, People just want to go, yeah, we're good. Let's move on. Let's get to strategy. Let's get to execution, all the tactical hard things. But I said, well, I had this client early on and I put it in the agenda. And the CEO told me before the meeting started that we're good, Shannon. We don't need to do that. We're so clear. I was like, mm, okay, that's, that's great. Great. And so, you know, I took it out of the agenda and I went to the meeting and I did it anyway. Right. I did it anyway. And they were not clear. And the CEO afterwards, like, oh my gosh, like I thought he was either going to be really pissed at me because I wasted time, which I didn't think was going to be a waste of time, or he's going to be really, really happy. Well, it was like, you know, you know, that process at the very beginning of the kickoff, it's like the highlight. Sometimes it's their whole highlight of two days is that clarity of how they work together. But like, the, like, you know, I, someone goes, why is it not in there? I go, oh, I, I just had to trick that team into doing it. They didn't know, like, you know, I, it's sort of like the soft stuff. I find we have to trick some people into just doing it. That's why it's not, and it's actually why it wasn't written down anywhere as explicitly as it is now in metronomics because <laughs> people don't want to do it, Dom. Really, they don't want to oh, do no, it. Oh, no, they don't. You know I, I, you know, I put agendas like that together and clients say, I don't think we should do that. I don't think that's important. So I just chunked the agenda up to a very high level these are the systems we're going to hit every meeting. We'll never not turn the dial on one of the systems that exist, but I don't really give much uh, feedback. I mean, they can see now, they can see in metronomics what they're going to do next. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I can't trick too many people into stuff anymore because it's all written down. But um, it is like, you know, I was with a client yesterday. They were laughing because they had, you know, read that part of the book. And they're like, you talk so strongly of it. I go, yeah, but do we not do it every meeting? They go, we do. But we just realize it's not in the agenda. I go, yeah. It's because one of the first CEOs I work with told me that we shouldn't do it. I was like, nah, I'm just not going to tell them. We definitely have to do it. <laughs> it's like, you know, coach tricks. <laughs> yeah, very good. None of it's a secret. Right. It's all it's all hiding in plain sight if you want to go and put it together. Now. So is there one of the tools where you think people would be least likely to find it if you if you hadn't put it in? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely, the you know, and I just said the foundation of everything is, you know, the KFFM. I, like, I don't think people would have, I, I know people haven't thought that up in all the years of business. Like, there are different charts and different things, but the KFFM um, in Three Highway, I, I probably didn't give it the amount of uh, focus it should have had, but I think it was more because... If I did, I'd have to write the whole system out like I did in metronomics. Like it's there, right? A lot of people go like, why is that in with strategy? And the key function flow map, just a, you know, the key function flow map gives us clarity of how the key functions in your organization work together in order to make money and what flows through there, who owns it and how do you design forward with it, right? So that is one thing that, over and over and over again. And I I don't know, I'm maybe a bit naive. I, I think lots of leaders out there and lots of thought leaders out there and lots of really successful businesses have their way of doing things. But what I've learned through that in like thinking about the KFFM is that it's such, it, yeah, it's a nice picture. Like a lot of people go, oh, great picture, good. But if you bring that alive every week, if you use it as your scoreboard every week, it's actually the most enabling thing you can possibly do because we don't play on a field and get to the end of the game and don't know the score. We actually don't play any minute of the game without knowing the score. We don't, right? Even when you don't keep score in Canada, like for U5 soccer <laughs> or U7 soccer, they know the score. You can't even fool them. They're counting. You don't put small children right? in the park so, with two jumpers. They know the score. Yeah, they know the score. So that's the kicker. The other thing that I naively thought everybody did was they put their line in the sand with the dollars and the things, the widgets, you know, three years out, four years out, five years out, like people were terribly granular on that. And what I found, you know, as, as Three Hegway came out, I mean, I, I gave it to a few coaches and they had great success with it. And then others wanted it is how that came to be to write down that. But I just thought everyone had their way, right? And the Three Hag is probably the other thing that, like some companies have it now, they read the book, but it's not necessarily connected. Metronomics, everything's in there, right? But it's the behavior of leveraging what we see and what we do with you know, the three hag and with the KFFM and, you know, with like every day, you know, it's turning those systems on. Like that's not, I even had some coaches recently go, you talk about the systems, but I don't see where those systems are turned on in metronomics. And if they really look closely, they're turned on in every meeting, like it's layered up. You can't actually humanly have a meeting with someone by going directly you know, I'm pretty red as a personality, so I like go direct to the point. But you actually have to stop and like, you know, ask how people are. You have to do that in business too, right? Find out, you know, create some cohesiveness, you know, in order to create the trust, in order to get to the thing we need to talk about. But a lot of us don't want to. And there's like, so really key things, cohesive execution. You get that, you can get a truly differentiated strategy. You get that. You can get a really great team growing together. But it's all founded upon the scoreboard at the end of the day, which is the KFFM. 
it's fascinating. You get a group of executives together and you split them up into smaller teams and you say, okay, draw the key function flow map, which is, which is really sort of quote to cash process. Yeah. Drawn out as a, as a flow chart and, and you, and they come back together and they've got three completely yeah. different. I mean, maybe not completely different, but uh, definitely not cases. the same. <laughs> Not the same view. There is definitely ambiguity in the team about how you extract income from a customer and put it in the bank. And you'd think they've been together for a while. It's the same every day. And yet they don't know how it fits together. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing. And, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter what size team that we do that with, that if, if it's two people and we say, you draw one and you draw one, they won't be the same and we need it to. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like going out on the field together with two starting lineups and like Joey thinks the starting lineup looks like this and Susie thinks the starting lineup looks like this and they go on the field to play together. Well, they expect different things to happen, right? So one view, right, of how we're going to play together, how we're going to actually measure the score, forecast and track the score for whatever we decided a win is. I mean, it's the most amazing thing. And I find that's why the KFFM went in the kickoff. You do it within the first hour, hour and a half, you kick off with a new team. Like the eyes are so wide open. Like as a coach, we know that that's a major aha for all teams. And in some cases, like a lot of teams are sitting there going, that is just so simple. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> Why didn't it occur to us? Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, it's that you, you, you're always surprised about how stupid you were two weeks ago. It's that, it's just that. Let, don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> you've done it now. Let's move I on. Know. We've got it. Let's yeah. go. You know, now we've got the foundation and, and that is like the foundation of everything for us to get to where we need to go. It's like one of the key sort of legs on the stool, right? Is that open scoreboard, that clarity of how we play together with the playbook, the compound growth system, with a coach removing all the barriers we don't see so we can get there faster, right? Clarity and alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have to say that word alignment, I have to say this because this is the thing that you know, maybe eluded me for way too long as a young CEO early on in my first business. Everyone said, you know, 1% plan, Shannon. I don't know if that was Jim Collins saying that, who's saying that, my coach was saying it, 99% uh, alignment. I'd go, yep, yep, okay, you know, draw alignment, okay. But alignment means behavior and metronomics will help you get the consistent behavior and evolve the behavior of your team together. I mean, that's, it was like, I was sort of choked when I figured out alignment equals behavior, right? I was like, that's so obvious, right? So obvious. So is, is that the thing you wish you'd known earlier or is there something else? No, I, I, I definitely, that's the thing that I, like you knew it, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I think the, the one thing that out of all of this that I wish I could have seen earlier and understood earlier, um, like I was always looking like how I even fell into finding all this out and, and like wanting to learn it is I was looking for the silver bullet, right? I was like, there's got to be a silver bullet system. Like there must be one. And I kept asking my coach, I asked, like, come on, someone's got one. And the, the thing that I, 
you know, they all sort of like chuckled and like, there's not one, but there's actually, you know, instead of the silver bullet, the thing I wish I could have seen was this progression, right? That we have to get cohesiveness and execution working together. Like most people go into business and they just go execution, right? And, and they don't spend any time over there. And so like, we've got to get that going and, you know, we keep it going all the way through that thing that, you know, in writing metronomics that became clearer and clearer and clearer was the widget, you know, that we came up with in the three hag and that we always used in our business, that connection to each and every team member. That's the thing. Most people, you know, have lots of KPIs not connected to any other KPIs, right? And I don't even like to say KPIs because it instantly says, oh, oh, I've got these KPIs. Well, that's nice. And Joey's got KPIs and Susie's got KPIs, but none of them are leading to the same direction. And so with the widgets, if we can get the company widgets, and we knew this in our business, but it became so clear in the three had connected, that's what makes a high performing team in business is we've got to know what those widgets are, connect them to the team. And then it actually keeps in balance team and business team, all that will stay in balance. But if we don't do it, then we have this team thing going on over there and we have this business thing not connected to that going on over there. And we will never have ease, speed and confidence to grow the company. You just can't get it. And so the thing like in drawing the pictures, and I drew so many pictures because I love pictures, but it's just clarity, right? I kept drawing, kept drawing. And to draw that yin and yang with three sections, right? One section being the hard edge and the, the business side of it. One being the soft edge being, you know, the, all the human and like the people systems, the team systems. And then that the middle, we drew a middle in. And it's the thing that connects. It's the thing that people own. That's the only way you can connect the two is, you know, we, we put a line way out there in the sand being a three hag, but then we zipper those two things together every day, week, month, quarter, all the way. And sometimes we actually go faster and get there sooner as we were talking about earlier. Clients getting there before they think it's because like the people got in and owned the things they can control, not, you know, what finance told them, oh, you know, we made so much money last month or profit, which is made up or cash in the bank. They actually can own it and count it and tell each other to score and help each other. So that's the biggest thing. Like that was like the aha. I knew it worked, but I couldn't explain why it worked. And it's because humans right? Want to be connected to each other, to the plan. And it was, it's pretty hard to do in business. If you don't break the things down to widgets, we see plans all the time that say, I'm going to grow 30% year over year with no detail. <laughs> I've faded those companies. I've yeah. sat in those meetings and made those numbers up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we're, then we get in the year and we like, it's no fun to be off what you forecasted, right? It's just no fun. When you were talking there, I was thinking, I think it's Malcolm Gladwell wrote a mm. great article in the New Yorker and he's talking about this guy who coached a children's basketball team. Yeah. And the girls were all quite small. And so going into the beginning of the season, they believed they had no chance of winning. And so he said to them, right. the only way we're going to do this is if, we, if the strategy we deploy is a full court press. So you're all going to have to run like mad whenever you're on the field, whenever you're on the court. And that's what we're going to do. And they won the league. Right. Because no one but can break it. the parents of the other teams and the coach of the other teams accused them of cheating. Oh, 
Oh. Because because they weren't supposed to win. Oh, that's because terrible. they didn't have the best players and they didn't and 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 they were using you know, they'd come up with some tactics that overcame their disadvantages, but because the the better teams didn't win, everyone got narky. And so it's, but it's a really great story about that. You know, what are our weaknesses? What are our strengths? What's the competition? If we, if we come together with a plan, we can actually, we can, we can win games. We have no right to win. And and they did that because they were committed to whatever the score was like the winning score. That's excellent. That's excellent. But that's the thing that like the three hag is a thing. I took so many pictures of plan and team and yin and yang and those, all those circles. I'm like, but our circle is one more thing. We have three things, right? The zipper this together. And that, that is why we consistently like, if you, I mean, that's the thing that everybody wants. If you apply this framework and meet, you know, start out, meet the team where you are and take it, like, just, just do it right? You're going to win and lose on this and you're going to get better at this, but you will consistently win your business Olympics. Like that was the thing that I wasn't even a coach. I think, you know, this, I wasn't a coach. Somebody called me and they said, we just watched you and your team, two different teams do this twice. We're slogging along here, watching you like rip off a win. Then you went to the other side for a couple of years. You start a new company, you rip off another win, different teams, they're, they're like, what do you like? You must have some system, right? That's what they said to me. I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Like we definitely following, you know, a repeatable thing that we made up and that we learned and all that. And they're like, well, well, we want to do that. I was like, oh, you know, okay. All right. What, what kind of coach, you know, they're like, we want you to be our coach. I like, well, what does that mean to you? Right. And the coolest thing is that CEO came back and said, well, I don't, I have a CEO coach. I want a CEO plus leadership team coach. I want someone to come in and coach me with my team, right? While we're in practice and on the field. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause that's what I ended up with my coach. I took my CEO coach to make them a CEO plus leadership team coach. So I thought that's, that's really great. Cause we're all looking for that consistency. Cause if we can get it, then, you know, as entrepreneurs, we think we have to you know, like give something up. And we know many, many great successful CEOs, leaders, owners of businesses who won their business Olympics and they lost their life. Man, so many. Yeah, so many. Some literally and some, you know, lost their family. They lost relationships. You know, one of the reasons why there's a mountain and people skiing on the cover of the book is because that's my playground. You know, that's where I had the great opportunity to grow up as a, as a leader and as a team member. And I wanted to do it in Whistler, British Columbia. I wanted to, to enjoy and have a balanced life, right? And there's no way I could have done that without this. I was chatting to, was chatting to a CEO today. Not, he's not a client, but I've been chatting to him for a little bit. The first conversation with I, had, I had with him is he said, um, I hate running this company. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, well, why are you running it? He said, what do you mean? I said, he said, well, what, what do you mean? Sell it. I said, no, you don't have to run it. Yeah. You don't have to do all the work. I said, what do you enjoy? He said, well, I love the creative piece. Yeah. You know, I, I said, well, why don't you just do that? He said, is that an option? <laughs> and he said, you know, so I just, yeah. it's, <laughs> It's of course it is. It's your company. You can do whatever you like. You don't have to do. You don't have to work 
40 hours, 17 hours a day, seven days a week and doing other people's jobs. No. Shannon, look, you read tons of books. Yes. What what you've been reading recently that people should read? Well, I think one of my favorite books um, right now that, you know, it just brought me back to something that I did in my own businesses, but it's a really nice framework, unlocking the customer value chain, how decoupling drives, you know, disruption. And the thing that I love about it, as always, is the customer, our core customer is a foundation of strategy, right? Our, the KFFM, the key function flow map, the foundation of everything, but the core customer is a foundation of our strategy. And this just reminded me of the work that we did early on in my first company of mapping it out, but it get, you know brings it forward for all of us simply to take the steps. And then with every new thing of the what, and this is a what, um, I read, I always go, you know, is there an application in back into metronomics, right? How would we connect that back in? And the greatest thing is we took that framework, those steps, and we were able to actually, I did it with, oh, so many clients, this summer and I did it with um, the round table that I lead amazing work was done because it just helps validate number one, your customer journey. Number two, how it fits with your current strategy. Three, where do you fit within your market map and your attribution map? Like it's core to your whole like three Hagway work. And it just, if, whether you know anything about three Hagway or not, it is like one of the best things you can do because it's how you're going to make money. And uh, I'm, I'm always amazed. I mean, if the soft stuff is a thing people are trying to avoid to do, market insight is something that you can't live without. Yeah. And so often organizations have really crap insight into why customers buy from them or why they would buy from a competitor instead. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like one of the things we're doing, I think you're on vacation though, but at our, our coach fall mixer, you know, we've got the author of, uh, of this book and, you know, this framework joining us and yeah, I'm super excited about that because it's so great. I mean, there's tons of, you know, I always say tools out there, but in this framework, in the metronomics framework, we bring them in, we create the strategic picture, they become alive right? And they become alive in what we know and what we learn and help us decide, are we confident or not confident in what we're doing and what else do we need to peel back? So I'm all, and you know, I'm always constantly looking, but this one really stood out to me. It's been, yeah, lots of fun learning it and it'll be really fun uh, learning from Talis, uh, the author, uh, more. You got another one? Uh, the other one, I'm looking around to see what's on my uh, I don't have one off the top of my head. You can see, you you can see that's the one that I'm I'm thinking about uh, right now. But I, I, you know, I do about a book a week. But that one stood out, took it right away. Oh, I guess, I guess the the other one that, you know, I read when it came out, but I reread it, and it goes with, you know, so that's the hard edge, right? That's strategy. That's the hard edge of the house. The one that I'll give you one for the team side of it, and the one that that. I loved, like I read it as soon as it came out. I read it again with some of my clients this summer, which is no rules, rules. Yeah. Reed Hastings and Aaron, I can't remember Aaron's last name. That's terrible. But that is just, 
a great one. And the one thing, oh, there's so many things in there, but the one thing I've leveraged so much over the last little while, when we're always talking about, you know, ABC players, you know, we've got the right team members in the right spots doing the right things. Um, I love the question is, and, and everybody should ask themselves every quarter about their team members, you know, would you fight for this person if they got a better offer? Would you fight for that person? And I love asking CEOs going, yeah, you know, B. And if I asked that question, I said, if this person brought that they got a better offer from another firm, would you fight to keep them? And they look at me and they go, no. I go, then you know what to do. Yeah. You know, now that's, that's, the, they're like, so like, oh, shoot. But the other thing is the sort of the background to that book was, you know, people had written a lot about Netflix as a business and their culture. And Erin wrote a scathing article about the culture. So Hastings tracked her down and said, yes, you need to co-write yes. the book with me because you're a cynic and everybody else in the business already drinks the Kool-Aid. And so there's all this yeah. sort of counterpose article yes. and then and then the reality. I love it. Uh, you know, I thought people, you know, she'd written in her article, I thought people, they'd have a huge staff churn problem because, you know, everybody's basically on notice all the time. Turns out not to be the case. It's just, yeah, it's just different, isn't it? It's different. It's very different. And you know what I loved about it is there's so many things um, that we learned that they learned. We were doing like building up our smaller company at the same time. And we believed all those, you know, cultural things. And the other great thing that comes out of that book, and we know in order for us, even in metronomics, it's, it's a part of it. In order for us to get to a compounding stage in an organization with a team, the feedback loop has to be like front and center. No one you have to have the highest cohesiveness in order to give the, you know, the, the feedback that everyone needs to hear from each other. And, and it's on you if you don't give the feedback, right? So that's the other thing. And we were really big on that in my teams when I'm growing up, because I honestly, you know, wasn't getting, you know, any feedback from the board. They weren't going to do a performance review and tell me what I need to do better. They're like, hit the numbers or get out. Right. And so like they didn't any way you could, but I asked my team for feedback is where it started. Right. Well, that, that, uh, the board saying hit the numbers and get out. It's like, it's like saying that's the plan for the season, isn't it? We're just yeah. going to score more goals than the opposition. That's our plan. Yeah. Okay. Go with that. Then put that in a spreadsheet. You know, the funny thing, they didn't care about the soft edge at all. I never shared it with them, but I knew I needed it to be successful. I would never get those outcomes. I would never have remained <laughs> the CEO for, you know, that whole time if we didn't figure out that soft edge, right? And the cultural side and all those things. But the feedback loop, love it, love it, love it. You got to have it. And, and we progress it, right? We progress it every quarter. We work with the team. And as a coach, you can help that. Shannon, absolutely brilliant. Thanks for being on today. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you'd be kind enough to leave a review, it will really help other like-minded entrepreneurs find this podcast and grow our community. For all information relating to this episode, you can go to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find some cracking show notes, additional reading and links relating to our guest. There you can also find my blog and past episodes of my subjectively not crap newsletter, 
where I'll update you on the best articles I read that week, some recommended books and other podcasts. Thanks, and I will see you next week.